Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. Super late on a Thursday night. We are coming at you guys talking about a pretty nice Friday uh, night slate here in the NBA, Nate. Definitely want to make sure you like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We're bringing you these game videos each and every weekday of this regular season, as well as our player props video. This one's going to be about those Knicks and the Bucks in Milwaukee tonight. Pretty big spread uh, for the Bucks as favorite there. We'll jump into all those things. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Have plenty of great written content on there from Nate and the gang. All NBA season long. Also have our great finder tool on there you can go ahead and make sure that you are shopping all of those nba lines to the best of your ability and those player props this nba season nate let's go ahead and jump into that slate for friday night and get into the knicks and bucks yeah i'm gonna start with the top of the lines here hawks are minus six at detroit another one of those home and home sets that the nba scheduled here early Charlotte's minus two and a half at Orlando. Cleveland plus five and a half at Boston. Definitely intrigued by that game. Not really trying to bet on it, though. Pacers plus six and a half at Wizards. The Sixers plus one and a half at the Raptors. That's another immediate rematch. The game we're looking at here, Knicks are plus seven at the Bucks. Lakers plus eight and a half at the Wolves. Bulls minus four and a half at the Spurs. Jazz plus eight. At the Nuggets, they smacked the Nuggets in their opener, so some revenge narrative there. Another game we'll have a video up about. Rockets are plus five and a half at the Blazers, who uh, sadly lost Dame Lillard for a couple weeks now. And the Pelicans are plus seven at the Red Hot Suns. Yeah, Knicks were plus six when we kind of got the opener line here, and I kind of said to you, that's too high. And now it's even higher. So uh, fantastic if you are not necessarily buying into the Bucks as a juggernaut here. I mean, they've only played three games. One was against a team that literally can't get a rebound. Um, one was against the freaking Rockets. And one was against the Sixers who have zero team chemistry at this point in the season. So the fact that they're the number one defense in the league has a lot to do with the opponent, but the quality of shots that the opponent is able to produce. Uh, and this Knicks team is suddenly not, not your father's Knicks. I mean, I mean, I guess not your brother's Knicks. They, they, they were good 20 years yeah, ago, yeah. 30 years ago, whenever, yeah, whenever exactly. dad was watching the NBA. Uh, but they are a nice half court offense in that spirit uh, with Jalen Brunson on the trigger, they're they're fifth in offensive rating, which is an incredible turnaround uh, from a Tom Thibodeau led team. It's really a Jalen Brunson led offense um, and a Tom Thibodeau defense. I'm sure, almost probably have an OC on that staff somewhere. But in any case, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally I'm a little concerned when you're when your things run through your point guard and you go up against Drew Holiday. I think Jalen's pretty unflappable, though. Like, I don't really see him. I mean, he did have three turnovers in each of his last two games, zero in the previous two. But he, he's just very in control of the game. Um, and the biggest thing for the Bucks is they're super thin, aside from Giannis. Um, Brooke, who is playing a key role in that defense, we don't know where his health is overall. And the reason we like them to beat the Nets is because they had been off for four days prior to that game. Now they're on normal rest here. So are the Knicks, but the Knicks are very youth laden here. Um, you know, RJ, Cam Reddish, anybody you want to throw in there basically is going to have 
good legs here on normal rest. Uh, they're going to be charged up for this one with the Bucks being your perennial favorites here in the East. And you look at what the Bucks did last year in this spot, 15 and 18, 15 and 28 against the spread as home favorites, failing to cover by four points per game. That's really the key. I, I, I mean, that's, that's key, but really the key for me here is they went 24 and 25 straight up against teams with winning records. And, and the Knicks now are a winning team. Let's not, you know, call them the New York Jets or anything like smoke and mirrors. This is this is a winning basketball team right now, um, especially early in the season. And I I don't think the Bucks are going to be able to cover. I I, I actually kind of like the juice you can get at plus two twenty five for the Knicks to just go in there and pull off this win. Whoa, God, you're getting me all kind of excited <laughs> talking about the Knicks. I mean, they 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 do have a point guard, man. And more fade the Bucks. More, I don't okay. hold your horses. All right, okay. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll temper my I'll temper my uh, response to to how excited I should be uh, about the Bucks based on what you're saying here because I hear what you're saying. It's a little bit more about the Bucks not being uh, being tested up to this point. Uh, you not necessarily trusting where they're at. They've also got a number of injuries that we know are key. Obviously, Chris Middleton um, is where you start, uh, but obviously there's a couple other guys as well, and Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles, who they're also severely missing man right definitely definitely so um i agree with you on that i want to temper my expectations on the knicks in general you're just getting me excited because like i don't know man like we're finally talking about a team where even when the knicks were good at any point over the last two seasons it felt like smoke and mirrors it felt like the first season we were like this is what tibbs does he comes in he takes a team who was 15 20 games below 500 he just adds all the same guys that he's always added on every team he's coached in Taj Gibson Derek Rose uh and guys like that and he just puts he, he he plugs them in and boom you've got 43 wins in an Eastern Conference that was crappy as hell two years ago right so um so then you know everyone gets it, it still felt like a false narrative you also had the narrative of them that they still kind of have this year which is they are they have a great opponent field goal uh percentage uh you know especially in, in three points line but when you look at their opponents true shooting and things of that nature they're getting wide open shots and just missing them and that's been the case for the Knicks a bit but look if that happens a few years in a row you kind of start to realize they're forcing guys who they don't want to shoot to be the ones shooting so let me start by like let me backtrack and say I love an under in this game a bit more than I like um, the Knicks even to cover because there's you talk about the the Bucks not being tested the Knicks have lost to the Grizzlies and then beaten the Hornets uh, Pistons and Magic right so let's also settle down a bit on what we're talking about there there was Jalen Brunson looked great Julius Randle has looked great not only just because he's been having a better season because. Jalen Brunson's helping him make make him look great, right? Um, with with the ways that he's able to get Julius into his spots on the floor. Now it's also leading, and I've watched all of their games, so I know this for a fact. Plus the stats back it up. There's no assist going on for this team. Um, there's a ton of unassisted field goals that are going on. They're not moving the ball well, and if you don't do that against the Bucks, we talk about how Budenholzer's Bucks, their defense, they give up three point attempts, they give up three pointers made, but that's because they're forcing you to shoot them, and you're not getting anything once you get inside of that three-point line from this Bucks defense so they're going to let guys chuck and chuck and chuck knowing that like that that's fine they've got guys to get on on the shooters they want they get the guys to shoot who they want so I, I like the underman because everything that the Knicks do well on offense the Bucks do well to guard that's points in the paint number one for the Knicks this year fourth best paint defense to do the have the Bucks both teams are bottom two in percentage points from the free throw line because they're not really attacking the rim despite getting a lot of second chance points are the Knicks are anyway number one at second chance points Milwaukee's third and limiting opponent second chance points because they have like the third best defensive rebound percentage. 
Um, so I just all those things that the Knicks do, it's not really about getting moving quickly for them. It's about, you know, efficient offenses and, and pretty good ball movement or at least pretty good isolations that they're able to create for guys like RJ going to the rim and guys like uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, who are all three very, very good at taking their guy off of the dribble in mismatches that they consistently have. They're not going to have those mismatches against Milwaukee, who, like I said, does everything to, to guard that. Lastly, for that 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 under that I love, uh, 21st in pace this year for the Bucks. We're talking about a team that we know they've been top five in pace the last like three seasons with Boone before this year, uh, third last year in pace. That That's just clearly, I think, a clear uh, uh, result of them not and really adaptation to the fact that they don't have Chris Middleton. 117 offensive rating the last three seasons when Chris Middleton's on the floor, 112 when he's not. They know that they're less efficient. It's almost it behooves them to, to create less uh, possessions and really just allow themselves their, their defense to really just lead the way right now. Um, and, and that's why 224 and a half, only one of their four matchups even reached 222 last year. Um, all, all three of the other ones went under for them. So I, I do like an under a lot here. I want to pick the Knicks to cover the, the Bucks at home. I don't know that you can rely on last year's home record for the Bucks as the true indication of what's going to happen this year playing as home favorites this year. Um, so I, I'm still a little bit tentative on, on the spread. I would take the Knicks before I took the Bucks for sure. Um, but I just love under 225 more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you because what I'm fading here is the Bucks' offense and how thin they are around Giannis, how dependent they are in these last two games. He has a 44% usage rate and he's had to score 44 and 43 for them to put up any sort of respectable NBA total. Uh, and it, since Thibodeau took over the Knicks, he's averaging under 28 a game, um, you know, shooting 56%, which you know for anyone else is great. But for yeah. Giannis, I don't know if that gets it done. Uh, it, when you have no Middleton, no no Connaughton, no Ingles, whatever whatever else you need on the wing, I'm surprised that the Bucks aren't worse than 17th in three point percentage right now. Uh, they shot 28 percent against the Nets in their last game. They made the Nets look like a competent defensive team for a while, which is the real shocker. And we were like, oh, were we wrong about this? We thought you know yeah, the honest would just roll to the rim, and eventually in the third and fourth quarter he did. Uh, yeah. And so I mean the Knicks certainly have more backbone than the nets at this point uh they have more youth youthful exuberance and i i hear your point that they've beaten up on three bad teams as they're getting their feet wet here in the season i'm not trying to suddenly slot them into the top five seeds in the east i just think in this spot they're going to be competitive enough um and and we're going to see what the bucks have basically that we they haven't been put in a spot where they have to really grind it out and um yeah, I think it's going to be close. That, that That's totally fair. Um, you know, one thing that I keep having come up in my mind, too, when we talk about the Knicks, though, or at least the Bucks not being the same team at home, is they, they did just wipe the floor with the Rockets, who I understand not the best team in the league, obviously, a team still putting it together with a bunch of young guys. But, like, last season, the reason they were so bad against the spread is because when they would play someone like the Rockets, they'd have a 10- or 11-point spread because that's what they were beating teams by the year before at home, right? They averaged, like, a 10-point margin of victory at home the season before. Um, and so last year, that's what the spreads were at, unless you were a very good team playing the Bucks at and home. And you know what their margin of victory was last year? Four points. So, right. Not, not, right. <laughs> but my point is they just blew out the Rockets by yeah. 20 
at home a few nights ago. I, just one indication, not a huge sample size. We'll see what it means. It, it, it could mean nothing, obviously, but that's the only that's the only place where I, I am a little bit hesitant to even bet on a spread here. Um, like I said, love the total. Don't even not mad at the at the Knicks with seven 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 and a half points by the time people are watching this. Who knows if it keeps rising? So Nate, let's jump into those and get into Rockets Blazers. Yeah, nice big slate. We got a couple more of these home and home sets that the NBA has been rolling out here early, including. Atlanta at Detroit, plus six are the Pistons at home. Hornets minus two and a half at Magic. The Cavs plus five and a half at the Celtics. Couple of good three and one teams there. Pacers are down to plus five at the Wizards. That was six and a half a minute ago. Sixers are plus one and a half at Toronto after losing to them uh, two nights ago. The Knicks plus seven at the Bucks. We do cover that game in a separate video for you guys. The 0-4 Lakers plus eight and five at the love to stick it to them Timberwolves. The Bulls <laughs> minus four and a half at Spurs. Jazz plus eight at Nuggets. Uh, they blew out Denver in their opener, so we'll see what happens in that rematch. Then Pelicans plus seven at the Suns, and then we get to this game. Yeah, it was plus four and a half at the opener. Now plus five and a half is Houston, and the totals dropped to 225 uh, from 226 as betters are kind of evaluating how to treat this game without Damian Lillard. Uh, It's strange with Houston. I mean, I guess we'll start with them that – they just are dead last in fast break points this year. They were kind of an over machine last year. They don't, they still don't defend anybody and they're still eighth in pace, but they haven't been scoring enough in this, in this limited sample size. Other teams are getting back in transition and, and guarding them. And that's why they're one and four. And they've really only been competitive against Utah, which was tired after uh, their nice three and zero start, so yeah. I, I still look at Houston as as an absolute doormat here. I mean, as one of the worst teams in the league, that is that is sinking to the bottom intentionally. Um, and last year they didn't do much as underdogs 30, 43, 30 and forty three against the spread with an average margin of victory negative ten and a half. Uh, so I am on Portland here. I, I mean, this is a classic stars out bets up situation for us. You see it all the time in the NBA. We just saw it with the Pelicans beating the Mavs on Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, This is the first game without Dame. The Blazers were obviously without Dame almost the entire season last year, but they're also without a ton of other guys. Um, And even before they went into full tank, where they lost two late ones against the Rockets, where, you you know, Trenton Watford Watford might have been the best guy in the lineup there for the Blazers in those games. Remember that. you know, they they crushed the Rockets 125-110. Mr. Anthony Simons leading the way. He went for 27 and six dimes, shot 11 of 17 from the floor. And, you know, that was kind of part of his coming out party. Since January, without Dame, averaged nearly 23 points per game with a 112 offensive rating. He's fully capable of picking up the slack here. I mean, he, he one of the best step back three pointers in the game at this point of uh, just an absolute electric package. And, and the biggest thing for the Blazers is what they did to upgrade on the wing. I mean, there it wasn't a fluke that they started four and Oh, um, and not necessarily with Dame just totally taking over, although he had some big games in there. It's what Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, um, even guys like Nasir little and, and Shaden sharp off the bench have been able to bring to the table and Nurk putting up a, a 106 individual defensive rating as well. They're number one in both free throws attempted and allowed. 
just controlling the paint. That was the biggest bugaboo for Nurk is that he would get into foul trouble. He's protecting the rim without fouling. And Houston right now, I, I don't, I mean, they're 26th in offensive rating. I don't know where they're going to reliably get their points. They're 29th inside the arc. So if they're not going to hit you with a barrage of threes, they probably can't hang in this game. Uh, and Portland has taken care of business against them. Aside, again, throwing out those two tank games, won seven of their previous eight and covered in six of those against the Rockets. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a di- it, This isn't last year's Portland Trailblazers, however you want to phrase that. Um, and he, Jeremy Grant's a huge part of that. Uh, you know, he, he's not, he hasn't gotten the usage rate. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him on offense without Dame. But we know what we're going to get from Anthony Simons on offense without Dame. Um, even this year when he's been playing with Dame, averaging, by the way, still the, like the most minutes on the team or second most basically to Josh Hart, Anthony Simons. Uh, but that's because Josh Hart is like the actual perfect player to play off of a guy like Dame and to play in a lineup uh, with, with with a four uh, like like Jeremy Grant uh, and a big like Nurk. So he's going to continue to get those starters minutes. But his but the usage rate for Simons with on the court with all these guys is still 24 percent. Right. With a ton of guys that that Dame likes to play with and play, you know, and, and pass the ball to. But when you when you're playing with Dame and, and his usage is at 33 percent, it's where you want it because they're they've told us they're not trying to lose this season. So my, my main point is, like, I really just love those player props. I love the five and a half too. Uh, I, I want to talk about um, a total and I want to talk about an over, but I, I like the, the the defense that Portland has shown just because last year couldn't get any worse, right? They couldn't have been any more of a turnstile from giving up three pointers to allowing guys to get to the rim, right? And that's that's the modern day NBA. You can't guard either of those places. That's fine. No one, there's like four teams trying to shoot mid-range jumpers, right? And it's whichever team KD is on, whichever team DeVar DeRozan is on. So, um, you know, there, there's, and Chris Paul. So there's there's plenty of other ways, um, I think, to to. to for Portland to score this year or, and, and, to, and sorry, what I mean to say is a lot of ways for them to stop, stop other players from, from other teams from scoring. Nurk has been staying in the game. You talk about his individual defensive rating being, you know, so good, like with 106 or so, which is incredible for a guy who, when he was on the floor, you know, I mean, his defensive rating individually wasn't always too bad. He would definitely get beat up because there aren't that many true centers that would, you know, he, that he could stay on the floor and actually guard. And when he did, they were good enough to beat the crap out of him, like Embiid and, and, and Jokic. Um, um, but, you know, this year he's he's not fouling. He's staying on the court. And I do think it says something that you finally have another guy that's Jeremy Grant. That's like six foot ten who's putting up his own. You know, look, he's he's putting up about a one hundred and twelve individual defensive rating, which you'd love to see be better from a guy who's had defensive player of the year uh, nominations before. Um, but, you know, he's guarding the best player on the other team every single game. And that's where he's expending a lot of his energy, which probably leads you to not having as high of, a, of a, an efficiency or usage rate on offense. So I'm talking about what the, the Blazers do, because. Uh, the Rockets, like they are a team that I hate to bet against because every now and again last year they would just burn you because it was almost like they were too ignorant to, to know that they shouldn't win the game and they were just going blindly from three. Kevin Porter, Jalen or Jalen Green, obviously just going off. That's what you're worried about. Um, but like I said, with the way that the Blazers have p- paid a lot more attention to defense this season uh, and limiting, like I said, the three pointer percentage and the, the points in the paint, which they're both they're at least top half in the league in both those things. Which you could they were bottom two or three in, in both of them last year. So I. I feel much better about the way they're playing D enough to, to cover six points against one of the one of, if not the worst team in the NBA this year. Yeah. Jalen jr. I like that. Um, Cause what Jalen Brunson is, <laughs> is his father at this point. Yeah. Uh, but it's, the tug, yeah. it is all Jalen green for the Rockets. And if, yeah, if he's not cooking, 
I they're going to fall behind real quick. He did have two nice games against the, the Portland tank lineup. Prior to that, his first two games against Portland were pretty ugly. Average 13, shot 35% from the floor, 30% from three, and then a negative 27 total rating there. So I think they do know how to defend him. Chauncey Billups does have... I mean, it's it's not the hardest coaching assignment to say what well, we we got to stop Porter and Jalen Green here tonight, um, and then what Alperin Shangun Shangun, uh, you know, he's, you could just give his lunch money to Nurk at this point. Like you, you're trying all that cute yeah. stuff with the over the head passes, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Nurk Nurk just is fresh off shutting down the two time MVP. So I mean. Portland's defense, I think, is where we lean here. That's why I think the over is pretty competitive number. I'm not really trying to go with it. I wouldn't be surprised at all, though, the way the Rockets play is if, it, you know, if Portland puts up 125, maybe I would think about their team total because I honestly, I think they have they have enough offensive firepower to look great here even after losing their leader. Yep, we're totally aligned and have been on Portland from the jump. Um, we I, I, I love the stars out bets up for them. Similarly to why I was scared of taking that Pelly's game against Dallas is like the Pelly's had players that could step up and would be getting more would be getting more points and, and, and more stats if they were given the time without, you know, guys like Brandon Ingram and, and Zion Williamson playing. This is Dame's team. I just told you about his 33, 34 percent usage rate. That's what you want it to be. But but Josh Hart, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, and even the way Winslow's playing this season, which is incredible, 102 individual defensive rating for Justice Winslow in 25 minutes a game, dude. So I'm like very proud of him because I've, I've been waiting for him to be somewhat good. Shaden Sharp as well. We have, we've talked about him um, with a plus 11 net rating individually for him in five games in 16 and a half minutes. So these are there's a bunch of guys almost like waiting to just get their shine here. This is a, a wonderful stars out bets up bet at five and a half uh, against even even if Jalen green goes off this is gonna be a team effort uh for, for the blazers i think uh, coming out strong so don't let me down portland you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into our first prop of this Friday night slate. Yeah, give me Mr. Maxi here um, with the Sixers facing the Raptors once again. It's part of a fate of James Harden, really, in this matchup. I mean, what he's not able to do against the Raptors with their length, you know, it was sort of the start of his unraveling in the playoffs last season. He shot 36% or worse in four of their six playoff games. And so enter Maxi, who shot 51% in that series, who played 42 minutes and averaged uh, 21 points, 4.8 rebounds, 4.8 assists. So now, you know, coming off a 31-5-6 and game against the Raptors on a 30% usage rate, played 43 minutes, 
his prop still pretty uh, generous here, 18 and a half points. Uh, definitely would hit that. And the 25 and a half PRA isn't much far behind. Um, if you're going to play 43 minutes, like you're going to stumble into some peripheral stats when you have the ball in your hands that much. And the Sixers need, need him like so badly to uh, inject some life into this, to, to inject some transition and especially in this matchup, because Toronto, right, they play every they're, they're playing Scotty Barnes at point guard. Like everybody is so big and therefore too slow to deal with a guy like Maxi. They can deal with Harden. Harden's just going to dance in place. Like I remember when Josh was on the uh, Maccabi Olympic team and some guy would dribble back and forth and he'd just be like, <laughs> OK, <laughs> where are you? Uh, yeah, shout out wherever that guy is from New Jersey with all the flashy dribbling. But I digress. Uh, Tyrese Maxi. A matchup problem for Toronto, averaging nearly 23 points and six assists in his last three regular season. So uh, give me his props here again tonight. Man, it's so true. And I just – what James Harden dribbled the ball. Like they were talking about on the TNT you know, postgame like f- 500 times against the Raptors last game or something ridiculous. It was brutal to watch. Like something's got to give, dude, because if Doc Rivers doesn't realize he's about to have a mutiny on his hand, right? It's like you've got like five guys on this team. Maxie's one of them. Tobias Harris is one of them. bunch of other guys are can fall into the, the, the category of like, Wait, we were here first. We were here. We were good. And now you're you're playing guys like Danwell House because you're just recreating the Rockets of the Northeast from a few years ago. Like, what are we doing? So, I mean, I don't know if Doc's Doc's always been smart enough to know when he's going to lose his job. So, I mean, he's on the hot seat, man. And if 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 you don't realize that a guy like Tyrese Maxey playing off of Embiid, man, we know what they did together last year, how much better Maxey at least was when he's playing with Embiid and how much better he can continue to get if they give him that usage rate like they gave him the other night. Um, but it was too late. It was most of that came in the second half for Maxi, uh, and, and it was a lot of watching Harden dribble for a lot of that first and third quarters. So um, let's move on to something hopefully a little bit more fun to talk about. My my, my Jalen, Jalen Brunson and those Knickerbockers taking on the Bucks, who we talked about in that game video. I know Nate likes them to cover the seven. I don't hate it. I do love an under there, but six and a half and assists at plus 120 on DK. I mean, do they are baiting us a little bit to take it after he's coming off of a 13 assist game in 41 minutes against the Charlotte Hornets playing at light speed, uh, you know, where, where the Hornets all, all all game, including Dennis Smith Jr., who just did not stop sprinting around. Um, but that all said, um, you know, I, I he, he's it's Jalen Brunson and this is what their offense is going to be predicated on. Right. And so the one game that he hasn't had nine assists so far this season that they've played um, was a game where he didn't really need to play too much against the Detroit Pistons. And I believe he actually ended with nine in that one as well. So uh, he, he's got, you know, mo- I think four, what, three of the four games or he's gotten at least that this year, we love to bring up what he does when he's not playing with Luca and, and look, man, he's proven that that's really who he is. It's not like he was just some dude that played off of one of the best offensive players of our generation in Doncic. It's also like, no, this dude was a, able to play a little bit of your turn, my turn, but not in just it's my turn to score versus your turn to score. It's my turn to facilitate versus yours. And, and so he I, I, he's taking that role over here and he's able to get uh, Julius Randle into his spots. I said it earlier, they have a, a few too many instances where they were just setting up guys for, for post-ups or for ISOs rather than the last couple games where Jalen's had nine and 13 assists. And it's because of the fact that he's setting guys up in position to score, not position to take their guy off of the dribble. So following you big time on, on the Jalen for plus one. 20 definitely following you for seven assists for him yeah i mean if the knicks are going to play team ball uh that that's something the bucks haven't dealt with yet i mean they face the nets who are very too i the high most iso heavy team they face the rockets who are just you know freewheeling gung-ho 
And they faced James Harden and the Sixers, who we just got done talking about. And Harden had nine assists in that game, right? Because the ball was in his hands constantly. Brunson has the ball in his hands constantly, and he's a better decision maker than Harden. Um, and, and yeah, the last two times he faced the Bucks without Luka in the lineup, 11 assists, eight assists. And that was when the Bucks were more at the height of their powers than they are right now. They're, they're thin on the wing. So I think it's fair. I think you want to take the 28 and a half PRA to be safer about it. That makes sense too. Cause he'll probably score about 20 points. I think 18 and a half is his points prop as well. Uh, Moving on to a guy we also talk about in the game videos here, Anthony Simons, who, of course, Dame out. He used to be put your money on CJ, and here's the new CJ guy, averaged 23-5 and five with Dame out in, in, since last January. In his career without Dame, I mean, it's kind of skewed because he played a lot of games as a, as a rookie that barely played, but, well, I'll just go with what he is without Dame. 25% usage rate, 19 points nearly five assists and shooting 42% from three. He's minus 140, Josh, to hit four threes. So that's a nice chunk of of points right there. The prop is 23 and a half uh, in terms of his points. Uh, I don't mind the 31 and a half PRA either, Um, but I would definitely take those over the threes because the, the odds are so low. And Houston playing with plenty of pace, giving up plenty of easy buckets and the second most assists and the fifth most points to point guards thus far. I mean, what's not to like? I love it. I mean, he's going to get 18 points off of three pointers, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I believe I called him Anthony Curry Simons last season at one point because he was like five and a half for 11 from three over the course of like a month <laughs> when he just went bananas uh, last year, right? When Dame was like, yo, I'm out for the season. And then it was Sam- Simons was like, cool, I got this. I'm going to drop 30 points in like four out of five games as soon as you're out or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, I love Mr. Simons in this one. Uh, he also seems to love to play against other young guards who don't play much defense, uh, as do the Rockets not do. So um, last one here, I'm going to go with a Marcus Smart under uh, on his points and his rebound specifically. He's still diamond up a bit, to be honest with you, about six assists a game this season. But it's really, you know, the the for, for me right now, there's so many other guys that are doing so many things, uh, specifically rebounding for this team. Um, Jason Tatum is just turned into LeBron James from his his Miami Heat days so far this season and the way that he's getting all of the stats um, and really also controlling the offense. It looks really, really great. Um, he's playing Cleveland. Uh, that's the best defense when it comes to playing point guards. In case you were wondering, this season and last season, they were almost as good. But this season, really, they're uh, the number one in terms of limiting point guards in points, rebounds, and assists, I meaning they give up the fewest in all of those categories uh, as well as three pointers made. Uh, so that's something that, uh, you know, is not going to bode well for, for Mr. Smart, who, you know, he's playing the starters minutes, which is also why his usage rate is at about 15 or yeah, 15% this season when he's on the floor. Uh, whereas you look at a guy like Malcolm Brogdon playing 23 minutes versus Marcus Smart's 35, but his usage rates at 25 right uh for for when he's on the floor because he's the general uh of the second unit and he's getting some time at the end of the games although it hasn't been too close uh in enough of their games at the end really for them to need someone like uh brogdon to really control the floor so haven't seen quite as much as that but uh i I just don't think that it's there for him he's averaging about two boards a game this season Uh, and you look at his number versus the Cavs historically going back to last season also averaging about two boards a game so the 16 and a half, he's not, he's about averaging about three and a half less than that this season already playing against a team who's, uh, you know, who's so good uh, against point guards as well. That's the juice is there for it. I mean, speaking as somebody who listens to Celtics fans all the time 
and and cries for Marcus Smart to shoot less. I think somebody has finally hit home on him there because, you know, we've got Brogdon now. We've got another season of Derek White. We don't need your offense that much, and he's been locking up. I mean, I'm sorry we slandered him a little bit about the Defensive Player of the Year award because so far he has been incredible on that end of the floor, but that doesn't translate to stats. Like you said, on averaging under 10, uh, you know, Jalen, Jason, and Malcolm Brogdon all close to a 30% usage rate. There's just not a lot of shots to go around otherwise, and Cleveland playing slow, giving up the fifth fewest rebounds and assists to point guards, so – it's not a great matchup yep. to take an over here uh, for Smart. Yep, for sure. But it's, it's, they they might need to readjust uh, what they keep putting his props at because that that feels a bit high for what he's expected to do. Just stats wise, I'm not saying he's not a super valuable player, like you said he is. But we're talking about stats, so uh, I believe he's going under in this one. So that's all the time we have for you. Looking to close out the week super hot after 13 and two over the last couple of days in the NBA with these player props. Make sure to like and subscribe. Come back and see us next week. And until we do see you next. Happy betting.